1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
2: This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. On a Monday, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast with Toby Roland. I'm Chris Plank. t it kind of seemed like we had a little bit of normalcy this weekend with the draft, didn't it?
3: I like it. You're bringing the energy today.
2: Oh, Blank. let's go. I Why not? Right?
3: Uh, let's I can, do no, it. That was, oh, what a breath of fresh air, huh? The NFL <laughs> so draft. Good. I mean, we had real, live, and important sports something going on for the first time in a month and a half or so. And it was fabulous. And I thought, I mean, I really thought there would be some hiccups and some problems. And I'm sure there were were some we didn't know about, but it felt like everything went off without a hitch for the most part. And I found it pretty entertaining, you know, to get to see into the living rooms and offices and garages of coaches and general managers and players and everything was pretty cool. So uh, I enjoyed it just from the draft perspective a whole lot. And then for the Sooners, obviously to be prominently involved on days one and two was really cool as well.
2: I loved being inside their houses. I thought that was so cool, you know, to see, the thrill of, of CD whenever he got drafted, K-9's family, Jalen's on day two. I just – and beyond just obviously the Oklahoma guy, still trying to figure out, you know, uh, for instance, what was going on behind DeAndre Swift when they had the big Superman painting and his dad being a award- <laughs> There was just so many cool stories, I thought, that came yeah. out of this.
3: The uh, – uh, well, your boy Henry Rugg- Ruggs yeah. was wearing the – bath uh, Bathrobe. Bathrobe. Whose dad was it that did the drop and roll when he got picked? Oh, Becton, Mackay
2: Becton. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Oh, Javon Kinlaw. Kinlaw, I'm sorry. It was Kinlaw that fell out of the chair.
3: I thought it was fun. I I really did. And then, you know, even the Cliff Kingsbury's house and uh, Bill uh, Belichick's dining room table with his dog sitting there and uh, even Goodell, you know, took it with a sense of humor, too. So. Uh, I think they can incorporate some of that going forward into future years. And, and listen, the NFL draft was already a pretty cool thing. And I think they may have figured some things out this year to make it even better going forward. So I give them a lot of credit. Uh, I give all the coaches and GMs and players and their families a lot of credit that that agreed to participate. And um, it was entertaining. And, and you saw it in the ratings, too. I mean, they were they were through the roof. So... That was fun. I, as soon as it was over, I told my wife Saturday, you know, early evening when it was over, I said, well, that was fun. Now I guess we go back to watching Netflix for another <laughs> month and a half or so. But, uh, <laughs> it was great. It was great.
2: I, I want to, we're going to have Kenneth Murray on the show a little bit later on. I had a chance to talk to him for about three minutes while he was en route to a Very draft cool. event. Yeah. So we'll hear a little bit from him. He's excited. But I do want to table the draft for just a second because Toby, you mentioned, we get back to watching Netflix and binge watching our shows, but there's a couple of reasons for hope. The light at the end of the tunnel, I think you and I have talked about quite a bit when we talk on our radio shows. Number one, the May first date for basketball training to resume in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But I I loved seeing President Harris comment on Friday about getting back to class in the fall. I just I, I know that it happened Friday afternoon when that email became public, but To me, I just – I think that is massive news for us going forward with the hopes that the college football season can go off without a hitch.
3: Totally agree. And, uh, you know, Oklahoma now one of several universities out there that have said the same thing, that their intention is to have students on campus in the fall. And I've said all along, you know, and I don't know who's right. Listen, I'm not an expert here in anything – I can, through great effort and your help and Drake Dyken's help, make it through a broadcast, and that is uh, not even easy for me. So I'm certainly not a medical expert or a business expert. But at some point, it's going to take somebody in uh, Major League Baseball or the NBA or at the university level to take that you know, one small step <laughs> for man, one giant leap for <laughs> mankind, and say, we're going to do it. And I think you're starting to see that. And like you said, NBA took a big step in allowing teams to start reopening practice facilities again. Uh, universities, you know, it's it's somewhat symbolic because obviously, if we were to go backwards on this thing, they could just as easily say, "Never mind, we're we're going to go uh, virtual on the classes again." But but it still is a very positive sign. I think it made everybody feel good. I know it made my boys feel good. They're students right now that uh, the intention is, hey, we're going to be back on campus. We're going to be able have classes this fall. And from a sports perspective, that's going to have to happen for there to be football. I mean, you're, there is not going to be a scenario by which universities do not have students on campus and yet the football team is going to be playing. So. Um, no, you're right. There's positives and I think we're seeing some states open up again. That's positive. I think this week when May 1 rolls around, there'll be some more. I think we need to hear something from Major League Baseball this Agreed. week and, you know, um it feels like some sort of a plan needs to be laid out, and I think it will. So, uh I'm much more optimistic and upbeat than this time a week ago.
2: Was there Was there anything that we can really kind of look forward to in this Joe C interview? I think both he and Lincoln and and everybody involved with the sooner program are kind of reading from the same script and the right script and not necessarily putting a, a date on it, but more than anything else, just realizing, Hey, we, we're all on the same page with this more than anything else. Right?
3: Yeah. I think that's really um, the news that came out of our chat was, you know, we've said all along there's a lot of contingencies, right? Jo- Joe has said all along there is the possibility of playing in the spring. There's mm-hmm. the possibility of short- shortening the season in the fall, uh, only playing conference games, not starting until October. You know, just Playing half at half was one, half in the fall, half in the spring was kind of a crazy scenario. So there's been a lot of contingencies. But I don't know that anyone all all along has said, all right, let's – cut to the chase here. If we're going to have a college football season on time, you know, starting September 5th when we're planning to, then when does that decision have to be made? Like beyond if you're going to draw a line in the sand and say to pull it off and everything that goes into a football season, not just getting a football team ready, certainly that is part of it, a large part of it. But also getting a stadium ready, getting a fan base ready, getting tickets and concessions and parking and everything that goes into a football college football season. When do you need to know it's gonna happen? Or otherwise you're gonna have to push it back. And Joe stepped out there and, and gave us a date. And um and then uh, Lincoln, you know, backed that up with ESPN this weekend with the same time frame, which is mid-June basically. So I think that helps me. I think it helps a lot of Souter fans to know, okay, so, you know, in my mind, you know, in my mind, they start practicing in August. And so if on July 25th, everything looks good, then we just say, hey, let's play football. (laughs) But that's not realistic. And he did a good job, I think, in this interview explaining why and when they would need to know everything by, and that, that helps me know what we're shooting for here.
2: You know, it's kind of fun because, well, I mean, challenging, but it's kind of fun because it gives you something to look forward to. It's still, you're still kind of guarded optimism, but I can't wait for everyone to hear Josie coming up a little bit later on in the podcast and really lay out some encouraging ideas. But again, I keep going back to this, Toby. Everyone's on the same page. No one's going off script here. No one's trying to hit their guitar riff in the middle of what is a, a beautifully, uh, I guess, solo here or, or a group effort here. No one's trying to go solo, and I like that. I think it's really smart, and the Big 12 has been the same way, and you look across the country, and for the most part, coaches have been the same way. I just feel like if we, as Sean Payton put it, if we start celebrating a victory when we're heading to the fourth quarter with a 10-point lead, we could be in trouble. But I think everyone's being pretty smart in the way that they're approaching this so far.
3: Yeah, I think it speaks a lot to the respect that everybody has on this campus and certainly on the coaching staffs for their leader. You know, you say uh, it's it's not like this everywhere. You know, you have a lot of places where a coach may speak out and never check with his athletic director or coaches may be on – your football coach and your basketball coach may on be on different wavelengths. And I think, well, I don't think. I know there is a realization at the University of Oklahoma that the guy running things, I'm talking about the athletic department, is really good at his job and is really respected. And from Lincoln on down, you know, and kind of the coaching hierarchy here, Lon and Sherry and Patty and skip and Mark Williams and KJ Kindler and on and on and on. They, they know, you know, that they know who's in charge and they know why he's in charge. And they absolutely 100% trust him. And so like Lincoln's not going to jump out and start. I mean, he's, he's on the same page. They're on the same page because, there is a, a hierarchy, a trusted hierarchy at the University of Oklahoma. And it's special. I mean, I think I think Bob I know Bob realized that. That's why Bob didn't go to Florida or Notre Dame or the NFL. He said it over and over again. Like, listen, we got something really special here with at the time, Joe Castiglione and David Boren and him. And so uh it should not be taken for granted because I don't know if it'll always be this way at OU, and it's certainly not this way at uh some other places around the nation but it's uh it's it's neat to see it in action in times when things are going well and and even in times like now when when we're in crisis
2: All right let's uh downshift back to the National Football League what do you think of the fit and we'll start with the first sooner off the board which I'm a little bit uh I'm a little bit hot about that he's not going to <laughs> Vegas but where CeeDee Lamb ended up Toby I don't know if he could have landed in a better spot
3: I agree for him, you know, he's going to a, uh, a good team with a, a good offense and a ton of weapons and, uh, and he's going to be on TV every week for yeah, us. Absolutely. So, uh, well for everybody. So, uh, that's exciting for him, you know, to get to play with Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott and, and, uh, all, I mean, that's, you know, all the weapons they've got on offense there. He's going to get a lot of looks, and they're not going to be double teaming him a whole lot. And he's from Texas. So I don't know. Has he said if he grew up a Cowboys fan? I'm sure he did.
2: I'm sure he did too, but I haven't seen anything official on that yet.
3: Yeah. So he's got to be just thrilled. And then for Nev to be headed there too, I saw how excited Gerald McCoy was. Blake Bell's down there now. So Jerry has collected him a nice little. Uh, a little collection of, of Oklahoma Sooners. And I, I think that's really cool, but listen, wherever CD went, he was going to have a big career and now it's going to be on the biggest stage. So he, he could very well headed, be rock uh, headed for rock stardom down there in Dallas.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I absolutely agree. As, and so as upset as I am that he's not headed to Vegas He landed in a perfect spot. What about K-9 with the Chargers? And I find it fascinating that the Chargers were able to get back into the first round without giving up a future first. And it's not like they slid back in at 30 or 31. They slid back in at 23. Now, granted, they had to sit out the second day, but heck of a deal. And, by the way, they get a pretty good guy, I think, in K-9 to help slide into that defense that's already loaded.
3: Yeah. You know, I don't know their roster. Great. I would probably rely on you a little bit. I know they just uh, saw Philip Rivers walk out the door. Right. And are are looking to kind of start a new I like their head coach. And I you know, they're going into a new stadium that's going to be uh, just crazy. How uh, unbelievable. I mean, it's going to be like Jerry World all over again <laughs> on the West Coast now. So, again, it's a big stage for him. Now he's got to share it with the Rams, and it's in Los Angeles where they're kind of – you know, they're not big football fans out there necessarily, and I wish he wasn't so far away. Sometimes it's a little easier, as you know, for those West Coast teams to get lost in the shuffle a little bit unless they're really good. So, uh, But what do you think? Do you like the fit defensively?
2: Well, and and here's the thing. We might have to get – Teddy on here at some point to to talk about a little bit more in depth with Gus Bradley's defensive approach. And he loves
3: a, Gus Bradley. And he, Teddy does.
2: He does. See ball get ball, kind of a guy, and he loves turnovers, does Gus Bradley, what defensive coach doesn't. But they signed Nick Vigil in the offseason as an unrestricted as an unrestricted free agent from Cincinnati. They've got they've got this kid that they drafted in the second round a couple years ago, and I never say his name right. I think it's Euchinan uh, that they like a lot. But T. they got Joey Bosa. They've got Melvin Ingram on that defense. Linval Joseph was signed during the offseason to be the interior of that defense. They signed Chris Harris from the Denver Broncos to help anchor their secondary with Derwin James. I mean, most of the AFC West win offense with the Raiders and the Broncos trying to score with the Chiefs. But, man, this defense is sick. And you throw Kenneth Murray, I think, a day-one starter at Mike Backer because Denzel Perryman can't stay healthy at linebacker. I think they've got a chance to be really, really good. I just I – hope, I hope this hamstring thing wasn't anything lingering for him. Yeah. I, that That's yeah. really the only thing for me with K-9 because, unfortunately, as a Raiders fan, I, he got a great fit, an absolute great fit in the Chargers and with their defense.
3: Well, he, he's got a great attitude and he's a high-character guy, and so I have no doubt that whatever yeah. system he's in, he's going to work hard and, and be really good, so – I'm just happy for him to see, you know, he called his shot three years ago when he said he was going to go in the first round. And then, and then he did. And I think it's good for OU, you know, defensively, it's good for Alex Grinch to have, did I see the stat? It's the first, uh, first round linebacker that OU's had since Bosworth. That can't be right. And that was a supplemental draft. So, uh, it's good for OU to have that again and have Neville go uh, as high as he did as well. And, um, May maybe that's some you know, some bragging points there for Alex Grinch as they go out on the recruiting trail. Uh,
2: first Oklahoma linebacker to be drafted in the first round of the actual draft since Jackie ship in eighty four, Toby. Mm-hmm. He's also the first Oklahoma defender to be picked in the first round since Gerald McCoy. So obviously a little Jeez. history made this weekend. All right, and then real quick, I'll let you go on this. That second day. We uh, we saw the Sooner draft picks wrap up. A surprise to see Jalen Hurts go to Philadelphia. I don't think either one of us were surprised to see him go in the second round, but a very interesting fit in Philly. Yeah, it really was. I
3: think it caught a lot of people off guard. Probably first and foremost, Carson Wentz. And um, and we'll see. I mean, that is a unforgiving town. And he's going to be a very popular guy because he's going to be waiting in the wings. And if Carson Wentz stumbles at all, then, then he'll be right there. I also think that they're pretty creative there. He's pretty creative and they'll figure out a way to taste him, hill him up a little bit and get him some action in some form of variety, but not a place that I think a lot of the experts, the pundits were predicting that uh, Jalen would end up. But again, it's an, NFC East team. And so, you know, if he plays, we're going to get to see a whole lot of him uh on TV around here, so that'll be pretty cool. And, and I'm happy for him. You saw the reaction with his family yeah. and and um you know, he was not even on the radar as far as, you know, the realistic radar as far as an NFL quarterback when he came to Oklahoma. He was riding the bench and known as a run first guy at Alabama. And for him to go from there to getting picked in the second round, again, is just another notch in Lincoln Riley's belt for what he can turn you into. And golly, I mean, if you're a high school quarterback or even a transfer out there and Lincoln Riley shows up on your caller ID, you've got to be just beside (laughs) yourself giddy to answer that phone.
2: All right, man. Well, uh, oh, oh, Neville Gallimore. Speaking of guys in Dallas, he gets to play next to the person that every single defensive tackle for from now until the end of mankind will be compared to in Gerald McCoy. I like Nev being in Dallas.
3: Yeah, I do too. I'm just, uh, I'm happy for him wherever he had gone, but again, to get to watch him like we are and to be at the star and to line up next to Gerald down there. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. What a, you know, you got to talk to him so much down there on the sidelines. What a, Great young man. He worked hard to get that draft position. I mean, he really changed his body and worked his tail off to uh, get to the point where he was an NFL-caliber draft pick, and uh, so good for him.
2: All right, Toby, have a great rest of your week. We got Joe C. coming up in a bit, Kenneth Murray next, and next Monday, you know, our our Sooner Classics this week are the 2013 game at Notre Dame, uh, and then this weekend it's the football well, obviously it's football, but it's the trip to Knoxville in 2015. Next mm. next week is the 2013 Bedlam game, one of my favorite games of all time, the comeback, uh, and then uh-huh. that 2013 OU Bama Sugar Bowl. So we need to start thinking about the rest of May for a classic, so maybe we'll get into that okay. next Monday. Okay. Oh, and, and by the way, uh, Merv added something during the Ohio State game that we needed to – or the Texas Tech game where he called it the We Woke a Switch. Did we ever find out what that meant? Uh, uh. I forgot all about Me that. Me too, until I heard it. He goes, Oh, they're running the old WeWoka switch on us. And there was <laughs> no. dead silence. You go, We're going to take a out and find out what the Woke switch is.
3: <laughs> I forgot so- all about that. <laughs> so maybe- I
2: don't know. Somebody
3: has to uh, email us uh, this week. Let us know what the WeWoka switch is. That's good.
2: All right. Thanks a lot, Toby. We'll talk to you next week. See you,
3: Point. All right.
2: This episode of the Sooner Sports Podcast, with a huge thank you to Toby Rowland for joining us, is brought to you in part by AT&T. AT is America's best network. Coca-Cola, share a Coke with a teammate, rival, or friend. Coca-Cola, official partner of the Oklahoma Sooners. And flexible payment schedules are available for Sooner Club members in 2020. Visit your online account manager or call 405-325-8000 to be a part of the team today. We know we'll soon experience Sooner Magic again, together as one. All right, I had a chance to catch up with Kenneth Murray on Saturday. Quick Conversation with the newest member of the Los Angeles Chargers, and he takes us through what that moment was like.
1: Soccer, to be honest, um, uh, I got the call, and it was from an area code that that was uh, from Indianapolis. And so I kind of was like, well, you know, I've never seen this number before, so let me go ahead and answer it. Uh, you know, when he, when he when answered, it and it, it was the Chargers GA, I just said, wow. And it just, the emotions took over. Um, I just was just so excited and just continued to just, <laughs> just cry. But, but it was just such a
2: great night. Dream come true, man. You, sh- you sent that tweet out and you said first-round pick. I know that you believed in yourself, but when that moment finally happened and all the hard work you'd come in, uh, you'd put through it, and having your family there, can you even begin to describe just maybe what was going through your mind whenever you realized, hey, my projection, my dream had come to a reality.
1: It was just, I to be honest, it was just so many emotions that just flooded my my head when it when it all when it all was said and you know I was on the phone and you know it, my family was all hugging me and I think you know just seeing how excited they were really was what really just made me just so much more emotional. Um, but it was just such a, a great
2: night. K nine, couple more. i <laughs> will let you get out of here. What what have you heard from L A? What have they kind of said? What how do you feel like they're going to use you at the next level?
1: Um, you know, I talked I talk to the staff today. Um, you know, they, they definitely, you know, feel like I, I fit really, really well in the defensive scheme. You know, feel like you know I could be a Mike or a Will. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna learn the whole system um, and, and see, um, you know, where, where, where best I fit. But definitely as a as an inside backer a guy flying around for him.
2: Can you take us through what Oklahoma meant to you? I mean, obviously, Brian Odom, great backers, coach. You guys meshed well. What did Oklahoma mean to you?
1: Uh, I meant everything. I, mean, I put my heart and my soul into that program. Um, you know, I, I gave it everything I have. So I mean, that's why. Even I had no regrets because I, I knew I gave every ounce of me to to the program. And and, and you know, it's just such a, a great program, such a program full of rich tradition of, of just winning championships and, and doing things the right way.
2: Hey, new number, man! How about that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, can't can't keep nine in the league. So I guess fifty six would be 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 good for now.
2: Obviously, we're going to be following you, but take us through your excitement now. I know you're focused on the Chargers and you're focused on you, but a final thought. How about Oklahoma going forward? How do we fill this canine void in this defense?
1: Uh, I think they'll be just fine. Um, you know, like, We've got a great staff. Uh, Coach Grinch and them, they, they're going to do a great, phenomenal job. So um, look forward to Oklahoma you know, winning more championships next
2: year. Man, thanks to Kenneth Murray for hanging out with us and spending some time after getting drafted by the Los Angeles Chargers. We roll on on the Sooner Sports Podcast with one of our great partners and great friends, Noble McIntyre. McIntyre Law, online at McIntyreLaw.com. Noble joins us on the program. Uh, man, I can't thank you enough. I know that this has been a unique time, Noble, but how are you? How are the family doing during this challenging time?
4: You know what? We're doing good. And it—it. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. I don't think we ever will again. I mean, to have the entire court system shut down and it's going to remain shut down until May 18th, which pretty much just puts a halt to any cases really moving forward. It's just incredibly, incredibly unusual as far as the family doing great. Everybody stayed healthy my office uh, has stayed open, not to the public, but my staff has continued to come in and work and get caught up on cases, so I've been happy we've been able to do that and nobody's gotten sick, so I'm, I'm pleased with that, and, and uh, I'm looking forward to having the state reopen and getting things, at least trying to get things back to normal a little bit.
2: You guys can learn more about Noble and his incredible practice at McIntyreLaw.com, but for so many years, we've heard about a McIntyre Law review as we go and we look at incident replay and figure out what the call is going to be on the field, and I wanted to take some time here, in Noble, just for people People to better get to know you and maybe we can find out exactly where burns flat is in oklahoma but more <laughs> specifically a little bit more about you and your practice and how you came to be here in oklahoma
4: uh you know it's an interesting story burns flat is out in western oklahoma near cordell and clinton and elk city and it is a former military air force site called clinton sherman And back in the 70s, the United States government closed it down. And my dad and my mom lived in Fargo, North Dakota, which is where I was born. And my dad's territory worked for a company called Steiger was Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas. And he had his own little Cessna plane and he would fly down to see his customers. And one day he was flying over this runway. That he said it was the biggest he's ever seen. At the time, it was the third longest in the world. It's still an alternate landing site for the space shuttle, which we don't even have anymore. Wow. He said he just had to land on it. So he landed and they detained him for landing on a military base. Uh, but they thought it was a little funny because he had done that. And they'd give him, the, it was just a skeleton crew, and they gave him a ride around town in the Jeep. And he ended up uh, flying home and told his mom, We were moving to Burns Flat, Oklahoma. And we moved into the base commander's house in 1971. And I, that's where I grew up. Uh, My folks ended up living there for 40 years, right there in the base commander's house and burned flat.
2: Wow, that's amazing. What made you decide that you wanted to practice law? That's a
4: good question. I went to Oklahoma Baptist University, and I was getting an accounting degree, uh, which really would not have fit my temperament and my personality very well. (laughs) Uh, I I do really well in front of a jury. I don't think I do so well in a cubicle. Uh, But... While I was at OBU, my dad was going through some litigation with a bank note, and the attorney he had hired uh, had a habit of asking him, you know, hey, tell me about your family. And my dad told him he had a son that was going to be an accountant. You got to remember, this was in 88, 89, when when nobody even had – the internet was just coming out. People didn't really have computers uh, in their homes or offices as much yet. And they had been sending uh, their accounting out of the office. And he asked dad, he said, "Do you think your son? We've just bought a computer. You think it he could help us get the accounting brought back in the office?" So they hired me for a summer. It only took about a week. Um, so I just started following around, going to court with him. and thought I can, I can do this, and and maybe able to do it a little better. And so made a decision in my junior year of college to go to law
2: school. You know, we're going to talk uh, a little bit before we wrap, Noble, about how this has affected business and and what might be on the horizon. But I did want to focus on on something that has been kind of a key figure, kind of the foundation of what McIntyre Law is all about, and that's giving back to the community. I, yep. I just get every time I, I I see you, I feel like you're doing something to give back to the community. How important is that to have as a foundation of not just your business, but of you personally?
4: Uh, you know, it's it's just integral to who I am, and I can't take credit for it. When I was growing up in Burns Flat, we had uh, the Baptist Church there in town it was the only town, only church we had. The preacher, his name was Lloyd Hall, and he was the father who became my best friend, Shane Hall, who I went to OBU with. I mean, he just instilled it in us kids that, you know, God gives you a lot, and you're expected to give back. And I just, I mean, I witnessed that in his example. I witnessed it in my parents' example. And so that just became part of who I was, and if if I'm going to get blessed beyond what I need myself, then I need to give some back and try to leave the world a better place than I found it. And so, you know, we started that turkey drive. It has become huge. OU comes out every year, brings the Sooner Schooner and the Ponies and the Roughnecks and Long Kruger comes. Uh, a lot of your folks come. And and I, I, I get more out of that than the people I'm helping. And we do things like that and blood drives and coat drives and just a number of things. Uh, if you come to my office, there's a church. That that I just helped build right next to my church. It's the church I go to now. Gave them the land and helped them get that built. And just being a part of giving back to the community is something that I, I do. I get something out of it and I enjoy doing it. And so it's just a part of who I am.
2: You can learn more about Noble and his firm at McIntyreLaw.com. Listen, I'd be remiss if before and by the way, this has been fantastic. Now I, I feel like I, I know everything about you. Now that whenever we go to that <laughs> McIntyre Law review, I can talk about you. But no, and there also there you go. You can say, "Hey, I know Noble." Let me tell you, here is how he came to Burns Flat. <laughs> his dad actually was detained. Um, but yes, I, I'm intrigued to know kind of what this has been like from a legal perspective and kind of what you see going forward because as you mentioned the court shut down we've never seen anything like this so what's it been business like noble and what's next well businesses
4: you know from a standpoint of being able to keep my staff coming to the office i've been happy we've been able to do that as far as new business coming in there's almost none but that's there's some fortunate sides of that. I mean, there's been far less car crashes, far less people getting injured, which is which is fantastic. I mean, usually this time of year, this you're getting close to the summer driving time, you know, people have been cooped up from winter and they want to get out. We usually see a tremendous. Uh, inflow of, of automobile crashes and serious, serious injuries that we're not seeing. So from a business standpoint, you know, I'm not able to help those people, which for business isn't good, but from a personal standpoint, look, I care about people. And so the fact that people aren't getting hurt and injured, that, that's that been a positive thing. Now, as they get back out on the roads and, and the traffic picks up, there's going to be some more of that. Let me tell you, I mean, the, the one the one positive thing from all this has been She's just been untold numbers of injuries that have not occurred because people have
2: been at home. It's been really fun to chat with you. Noble again, we'll continue to give that website, mcintyrelaw.com. We appreciate your support and I appreciate you giving us time today on the Sooner sports podcast. Thank you so much. Uh,
4: thank you very much. Have a great day.
2: You too. Thanks to Noble McIntyre and his incredible Crew at McIntyre Law. The Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by Whataburger. Whataburger is open. The drive through is open 24 hours a day, and you can order online for curbside pickup from 8A to 8P daily. Whataburger. An accurate count of your community helps to determine how billions of dollars might be used each year for public services like clinics, schools, public transit, law enforcement, and hundreds of federal programs. Shape your future. Respond now at 2020census.gov. That's 2020census.gov. And Express Employment Professionals is a premier workforce management provider to Sooner Nation. To find a job or make your next hire, visit expresspros.com. Now, the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, Sooner Athletic Director, Joe Castiglione
3: um all right well let's just start with this joe i i think people uh, enjoy hearing from you on a weekly basis or whenever you can it's a good state of the union how we doing moment just to hear from you so let's start with that how are you feeling about things right now you're watching the news every day um you're following all the latest in the ncaa world as well as the united states how's joe castiglione feeling about things right now
5: well still hopeful and optimistic um no doubt about that. Well, we continue to uh, try to stay, obviously, very closely focused on all the different changes. Uh, however, it's uh, not yet clear um, when we will have uh, all the right uh, medical protocols in place, but more importantly, the, uh, the ability to um, facilitate the medical protocols, if you know things such as testing, uh, uh, would be required, and particularly if testing is uh, required often. You know, we don't we don't have that kind of information yet, and uh, so it's really still t- tough to be able to say to uh, coaches or staff or even uh, fans, you know, when we'll we'll have student athletes back on campus. And I continue to maintain that it's great to talk about the games this fall and be optimistic that they're going to occur but until we we have that that important element uh, addressed the right way we we aren't able to move forward yet
3: how much time do we have for all of that to come to place in your mind if we're going to start on time like, you know, it's April 24th right now. The season doesn't start until September 5th. That's over four months away. But what do you need to see between now and when for, for things to be on track? My,
5: my view is we need to make a decision somewhere in the early to middle part of June to know whether we're going to be having football start on time or even to have football at all this fall. I'm not sitting there and it, circling a date on the calendar saying it has to be this particular day. But as we followed this, um, I think I think that's a time frame that is uh, reasonable. You know, we're not knowing what is going to happen by then. It's hard to imagine that 10 or 15 more days or 20 days after that will tell us anything more. Um, I I realize that people are talking very positively about all the medical advancements, how fast they're pushing, uh, certain therapeutic treatments and, and the confusing part, uh, for us even today is, uh, all the talk about reopening the, uh, cities and towns and America in general and what that really means, um, which we know it means that it, it's not fully open, but people kind of read into certain things and say, Oh, well, wow, we're, we're really close. We're going to be back to normal. And uh, I, I hope that's right. We all do, but uh, that's not really clearly defined yet. So I, I think that is the time frame to decide now You know, a lot of people want to say, oh, well, you need six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks. I think we can figure all the tactical part out in probably less time than that. But, you know, I think it's also important for us to remember that it's not going to be like we walk student-athletes onto the campus and boom, like a light switch. They're back in shape or we're ready to start practicing at the highest level shoot it might take us a week or two to work through the medical protocols so um you know i think uh really i i think the early part of of july or mid-july at the very latest is uh is the time frame for us to uh, think about a season starting on time
3: june or july
5: to have people on campus early july
3: Early July, okay. Um,
5: yeah, but but you have to make the decision before that, Toby, because I got you. Uh, we're trying to model all the possibilities so we're able to exercise a plan here or there, whatever that ends up being. But, uh, you know, this is going to take some time to transition people on campus. We don't know that yet. I mean, gee, what if they say, well, you, you know, we've got student athletes coming from everywhere. Uh, and if you expand the fall sports, you're talking about – international student athletes too so you know they got to get here there may be some checkpoints they have to go through there who knows you know you might be quarantined for seven or 14 days I, we don't know all that yet so that's what I'm saying you got to leave enough lead time uh to let, get them back into practice and then who knows if we'll have the ability to practice everybody together or if it's small groups or whatever it is
3: Uh, Very interested with an announcement you made yesterday about the K-20 Center. Um, It is a no-cost, high-quality at-home learning activities for families during COVID-19. This initiative is fascinating. Tell folks what it is, Joe.
5: Well, I want to give my staff all the credit for this because, you know, again, you've heard me say on a couple of our other shows that we either would or are seeing the best of people's creativity, their talent, their innovation, ideas. We were trying to uh, you know, continue to figure out ways we can engage with uh, our fan base and people in our state and uh, knowing that o- Oklahoma has you know, a lot of resources on campus. Uh, the first idea came about after we uh, released the kids' activity book, um, really back at the uh, middle part of March. Um, we were trying to supplement parents and students with a little bit of home learning and, you know, just very basic, uh, uh, skills, you know, coloring book and, it uh, had a lot of, um, you know, different characters and, and, uh, so on that, you know, people could use and tell a story. And then, um, uh, after that idea built, kind of grew into another one, we approached, Dean Greg Darn of the College of Education. I know he's working closely with our interim president, Joe Harris, so he's in a, another role at this point in time, uh, too. But um, we, we wanted to figure out how to expand that ability to supplement, you know, the parents' um, ability to engage their, their children at home. And he, uh, Greg connected us to the K-20 Center, which, by the way, he used to run. And so the goal of all this was to provide a high-quality uh, OU-branded at-home learning activity to supplement some of the online learning that was going on. Uh, obviously, kids of uh, young ages you know, haven't experienced a whole lot of the online learning yet. Um, I know it's coming more and more. Uh, it's primarily aimed at grades uh, K through 8. Um, so we we just had... Uh, calls uh zoom calls we're we're quite the zoom aficionados right now or ex- experts i guess you could say <laughs> but we had a, quite a few of them uh with the k20 center to collaborate and uh their staff's expertise especially dr leslie williams was a huge help um she's the uh um director of the k20 center currently and uh, they were interested in partnering with us since uh a lot of our platforms have a substantial reach, um, like what you're doing right now, radio interviews. <laughs> and so uh, we're getting the word out about it. so it's really been a, a perfect marriage. Uh, again, I want to um, uh, tip my cap to a lot of our staff members, our graphic designers collaborated to provide you know a lot of the finished product. The first set of six lessons came out uh, yesterday, and uh, it's in six digital books. Um, We're working on a second set that will be available in early May, uh, obviously before the end of the official school year, but it's really just material that parents and students can use uh, throughout the entire summer. These lessons, well, they they cover about everything. Uh, We could think of that would be helpful. Uh, Certainly the uh, major subjects like math and science and language arts and social studies even uh, some college preparatory uh, activities are included to design, which are uh, actually designed to help students understand what goes on into the preparation of um, college and work in specific jobs. So um, I know your next question is probably going to be, how do you get it? Well, it's, Accessible through it? Sooner Sports. Yeah, I can read your mind so well, Toby. That's <laughs> such We're a beauty. Together for a while. <laughs> yeah, Beautiful partnership working together. It's not as good as TJ, but I'm working on it. <laughs> so, um, but it's accessible uh, through SoonerSports.com, and and uh, obviously it's all free. Um, yeah, you know, we'll we'll have uh, a lot of ways to connect back to the K20s uh, website. And uh, we're really excited to a unique adventure, adventure. and uh, we think we'll continue to develop it even more going forward. And again, I, I want to tip my cat to um, our staff who uh, continue to think of these ideas and develop them. And then, you know, to be able to expand that to the rest of the campus because, you know, it's, it's a collaborative effort. You know, there's three things we've been trying to do, you know, through this very unique time and that's uh, connect with people. Obviously, Try to be the best at communication that we can be and collaborate and this is a you know really a, you know really just a great product of all of that um, so uh if you don't know about the k twenty center you could go online and check it out but it's uh been going on for quite a few years. It's an educational research organization uh, that is uh, been developing more and more um, interactive active teaching opportunities for Uh, teachers and serving Oklahoma for almost now 25 years.
2: Great stuff from Josie and Toby. And it was just relaxing to hear the birds in the background while Toby and Josie chopped it up. Hey, what's on tap? Brought to you by Homeland. Don't feel like getting out to buy groceries? Let Homeland deliver to your door. Visit HomelandStores.com for more details. Jessica Cootie, Meg McDonald coming up on Wednesday. I hear Annie Hansen may be their guest, so make sure you're subscribed for that. Our classic broadcast, the Sooners square off against Notre Dame from 2013. That'll be available on Thursday night. And then this weekend, relive one of the greatest performances by Baker Mayfield and the Sooners as OU takes on Tennessee. And then on Friday, softball fans, make note, Grace Lyons joins us on the Sooner Sports Podcast. That's What's on Tap presented by Homeland. What a fun show. Thank you guys so much for downloading. We're, we're obviously uh, just in awe of how many people are listening we love to hear from you you got a suggestion or an idea or people you want to hear from you can slide into my dms at plank show they're open any question you might have or make sure you shoot us a tweet at ou on the air everyone have a great start to your week and until wednesday boomer sooner everybody